Hello, and welcome back to episode 16 of the Detours in Music podcast. My name is Laura Rupel, and thank you for listening. Enjoy. Well, I'm Scott Rickers. I'm the Associate Director of Bands at James Madison University, uh, Director of the Marching World Dukes. Uh, part of my job as Associate Director involves, obviously, the marching band, uh, co-direct the concert band. I teach some of the music education methods classes, observe student teachers. Um, so it's busy. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, can you talk about your start in music? Sure. Well, um, I think a lot of people always say, well, when did you know you wanted to be a band director, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I ever knew I wanted to be a band director. Uh, I'll be honest. I knew, uh, and I, I'd be curious to know your your experience as well with, with two very successful parents. Uh, both my parents were teachers. My mom was a Spanish teacher. My father was a uh, uh, superintendent of schools, so I was gro- I was raised in a, in a family of teachers. Uh, my aunt was a teacher. It just was it was what we did. So I think it was a little bit more organic for me that I, looking back, I, mm-hmm. I don't recall ever making a decision to be a teacher. It's just what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But subject area wasn't clear, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I really cared. Like I wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. um, but I think I'll be honest. Music was a choice more of a combination of convenience and uh, love, right? Mm-hmm. Loved music. Uh, I enjoyed doing it. I had a great time in my music class in school. So it just was a as an easy fit. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, if I'm going to teach a subject, why not teach something that I enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. So it just was maybe more of a natural thing. I will say maybe a little bit of laziness, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why not go into a career where you're going to have fun? And at that time, yeah. say, high school student, how fun is band you know was it was a you know and i'm not saying band's not fun but boy did that when you were when you know i would say this to students when my hobby became my job Mm -hmm. it changed a little bit you know you perceive the work and how you you know the the reality that what do you mean i'm not just in band all day you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of other things we need to do in the profession that that don't involve teaching so Mm -hmm. there there are definitely moments where i kind of pause and think man did i make the right choice you know, not about teaching, but about music as a subject, you know. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Um, did you start yeah. band in middle school? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I started right away. Uh, and, you know, again, coming from two teachers, both artists, uh, my father more of a musical artist than my mother, but they, they told us we had to go into, you know, we had to choose when we got to middle school, either band, orchestra, or choir. Mm-hmm. And we had to do it until we graduated. With, with me, not a problem. I, I'm sure I would have done it regardless. Yeah. Siblings, maybe not so much, but they did it. Yeah. You know? uh, and so I started in sixth grade on tuba uh, mm-hmm. and continued throughout throughout college, uh, throughout, well, throughout high school. Um, my choice, though, for tuba uh, was interesting in hindsight. Um, you know, I don't know about you, and I think most fifth graders get tested, you know, they, they go through the band director comes and, they, you know, whatever, you go play instruments and they kind of tell you mm-hmm. at the time, you think they're going to tell you what you'd be best at, but in hindsight, they probably tell you what they need. And yeah. that would be- <laughs> uh, but I, you know, they, they told me clarinet, and this is why I think that clarinet, cornet, or tuba, like what's yeah. the, what is the connection between those three, right? There's not. Yeah. Uh, so I, and this is terrible, but I'll be honest, I, I knew a clarinet was a woodwind, and at the time, as a fifth grader, I'm like, well, only yeah. girls play woodwind, so I don't want to play clarinet. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that a clarinet was a trumpet. Had I know, I didn't know what a clarinet was. Like, had they said trumpet, I would have chose trumpet. Yeah. But, uh, well, I don't know what a clarinet is. It sounds like clarinet, and clarinet's a woodwind, and only girls play woodwind, so I'm not going to choose clarinet. And then I chose tuba because that was the only yeah. other choice I had. 
Yeah. You know, so that that's how I got my start. Now, I will say, and you, you may know this, but piano is my primary instrument. Okay. I actually started piano in second grade. My parents, uh, my my grandmother was a professional organist, and she gave us a little air organ when, when we were in, like, first or second grade. And one day after we had a second grade choir concert, it was a Mary Poppins theme, I guess. I came downstairs and just was starting to play some of the tunes by ear. And so my parents started me in piano lessons. And I actually studied piano from second grade through through high school. Awesome. And in uh, college, I had to choose. Do I go piano as a major or do I do tuba? And at the time, you know, when I went to college, if I had chosen piano, then choir, choral music mm-hmm. would have been the path. And mm-hmm. that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I chose tuba from that point on as my primary in college. When you were going into high school, were you, you are going into college, you had said that you wanted to be an educator. Um, in your choice of school, were you more focused on the education program or on the music? Music. Okay. Yeah. So I went to Western Michigan, and Western has a very similar profile than James Madison. Okay. Uh, it's a music school, about pretty much the same size. It had a few more master students. But in all honesty, I had studied. It was home, right? That was my mm-hmm. hometown, kind of like you. I went to school in the university in my hometown. Mm-hmm. And I studied with the tuba professor in high school. So honestly, Western was a choice more out of uh, – not convenience, but comfort. I knew, mm-hmm. I knew the campus, I knew the people. So it was, again, one of those trajectories where I never really chose. It just made sense. Yeah. I applied to University of Michigan, and that was really it. In Michigan, at that time, um, you know, Western Michigan had a very good music ed school. Mm-hmm. So I knew that that's, you know, if I was going to apply anywhere, it would be there. And then I applied to Michigan. It's kind of a reach school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so Western was my choice. Um, and, again, the music ed program is similar to James Madison's. Um, so... Music and education was kind of just combined, right? It worked yeah. collaboratively. And I liked, you know, I, I was very active with the School of Music and ensembles and um, organizations and everything. So it was just, it was to me, it was the right fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as teaching, do you think that there are other subjects you've considered teaching instead? Well, I didn't consider another subject, but I actually wanted to be an architect. Okay. Really in college. And I, and it, and I say that from a, I, I've always been, I still am. I'm interested in architecture. I love, you know, like taking architecture tours. And, um, but uh, what I enjoyed in high school was designing. Like I like to look of things, the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. But then when I looked into it as maybe a junior or senior and saw the math and science requirements for, I'm like, forget it, right? I just, yeah. no, I don't know why I was ignorant. I had no idea that architecture was that much of a engineering, you know, subject. Yeah. Uh, but when I found, I just know I'm not good at science and math. So I knew, and it's ironic because what that was is me as an earlier age deciding, okay, I love the aesthetics of architecture, but I don't, I don't want to be involved with the engineering side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with music, right. Mm-hmm. I love teaching music and I had no idea of the logistical and administrative side of it in mm-hmm. high school. Right. At mm-hmm. that time. So. This is maybe a, a stretch, but my brain now is thinking, with like the aesthetics of buildings, is that maybe why you like marching band formation? <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. Like the design yeah. part of it, I, absolutely. And yeah. uh, it's funny you say that because my struggle with, uh, one of my challenges with drill design is that I, and I've learned over the years, that the picture isn't as important as the movement, mm-hmm. but I cannot design a picture that doesn't look right, right? Yeah. That doesn't have right angles, that doesn't have symmetry, you know? It, it's, it, it's interesting you say that because it's really a challenge for me to accept that, okay, this form just has to look like this because mm-hmm. of where we're going or, you know, it's really, it maybe I always thought it was an OCD thing, yeah. but it really, it's a challenge for me to design a, a formation that doesn't look right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it may be interesting. Um, What was something you struggled with in your undergraduate degree that you maybe see students struggling with today? Oh, well, I'll tell you exactly what it is. I, um, especially music education, I fought the idea of focusing on my instrument, Mm -hmm. right? I really didn't understand as a sophomore and as a freshman, and even as a junior, why do I have to practice my tuba so much? Yeah. And, and my tuba professor was great. He was a teacher. He was an educator. You know, we, it, it was amazing in hindsight how much he tried to help me process that, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't work because I wasn't in the right mindset to, to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand when, when some of, 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 of your peers and, and my students really struggle with putting time into the applied studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it finally clicked my junior year as I was preparing for my senior recital. Okay, I understand now why taking the time to research the piece. And mm-hmm. I was doing one of the Schubert songs and to study the text of, of the song. You know, I did the Hindemith, uh, Tuba mm-hmm. Sonata, and, and I just didn't understand why I needed to understand the theory of it, right? And then it clicked. I'm like, well, no kidding, I do, right? And, yeah. and, and to, from that day on, I understand now why it's important. And I think part of the challenge is we as educators have to make, help the students make that connection, mm-hmm. right? Um, and understand the why. And again, I, I think my teacher did help, try to help, but I wasn't in, I didn't have the maturity at that point or the perspective at that point to, to make the connections. But mm-hmm. I never forget the day I was sitting in the practice room and that light bulb went off. And I thought, wow, I kind of wasted three years. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, could have been so much more productive with my lessons uh, if I had, been able to make that connection. Yeah, but I that's started, definitely a yeah, common I, thing. I hear the students, I get it. Um, we just have to help them understand the why, right? Mm-hmm. Why is that important? And if the, that why doesn't make sense to them, we need to help them figure out their why. Yeah. Right? You know? And I think that goes for everything, Laura. I think there's a lot of things we spend time on, classwork or whatever, that if you don't try to make the big picture connection, it mm-hmm. is kind of just uh, going through the motions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to do a better job as educators and as humans of thinking about the why, you mm-hmm. know, because there's a lot of whys to why we do things. We just don't yeah. always them. Yeah. Exactly. Um, have you, I guess, ever been persuaded to change career paths? You've mentioned like other interests, but. Yeah, I think, Laura, my persuasions have been um, through the process of me being an educator. Uh, so for example, uh, the Obama years. Mm-hmm. I was really feeling like I could do more globally, right? I, I, I you know, enjoy my job. I, I love JMU. I think it's very important what we do. But I was thinking, could I make a bigger impact doing something else like going to DC and being an activist or, mm-hmm. you know, getting involved at, at the federal level with mm-hmm. education? Um, so in, in a way, my questioning or my frustration with what I viewed at the time to be a limitation was making me consider that detour, you know, consider maybe there's something because because there's times where I feel like what I'm trying to accomplish isn't being accomplished, right? What I hope to be teaching, I don't always see in the students um, and it happens, you know, um, and it may have been that I was, just wasn't digging far enough. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, th- there have been times where I've definitely thought, how can I have a bigger impact on education? Um, yeah. But ultimately, though, I feel like, you know, after taking some deep breaths and looking, you know, big picture about what we're doing here at JMU, I'm, I'm very content. and I think we're doing great things. And 
Um, you know, what I hope is that our students, um, especially educators, go out in the field and then they take our teaching and spread it to other students, right? And so that is going to have a big impact. I may just not be able to see it directly and right away. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, can you talk a little bit about your, I guess, career development and what brought you to your position at JMU? Okay, good question. Again, I was really kind of thinking about the detour word, and I'm thinking, wow, did she, did she think I made a detour? You know, what does that mean? Yeah. I actually did. So um, when I was in college, I wanted to be a band director. I wanted to be a high school band director, and I wanted as many students at the time, I wanted it to be just like my high school experience mm -hmm. in a suburban area with a lot of money and a competitive marching band and all that stuff. And then uh, I had a plan. I'm like, I'm going gonna, gonna to be a high school band director, and then I'm going to be a high school principal, and then I'm going to be a superintendent. That was what, in my brain, mm -hmm. at 21 years old, that was my trajectory. Um, but then I got my first, my student teaching placement, which was a very, very rural school, very small program. And, and I thought, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not gonna enjoy this. This is gonna be awful. This is not what I wanna do. Um, but probably one of the best experiences I've ever had mm -hmm. because I realized through that, that you don't have to have a ton of money to have a good program, right? You don't have to have a ton of students to have a quote unquote good program. Mm -hmm. um, and what I realized was, uh, in my experience, the music program, the arts in the schools, meant something very different to that rural program in that rural community than it did to the bigger, more suburban, more affluent communities. Mm -hmm. Not better or worse, just different. And, and it had a much more important emphasis than I saw in the bigger programs. You yeah. know, I think sometimes those larger programs take for granted what they have to offer. And exactly. with, the, with the smaller programs, they appreciate every little thing those kids do and the directors mm -hmm. do. And, so that was a really important kind of mind opening experience for me as a student teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, yeah, so that, that helped me think differently. And then my first, first part-time job, uh, right after student teaching, I was uh, a permanent sub okay. at uh, elementary music, general music, which no preparation for. No yeah. uh, and I will to this day, you know, not jokingly, it was the worst professional experience I've ever had. Um, but the best silver line, right? I wasn't trained for it. We had two mm -hmm. weeks of general music in our music ed methods. It, it, mm -hmm. um, so I had no idea what I was doing, right? Uh, but what I realized quickly was, first of all, there's a great curriculum, right? There was a book, a whole, you know, K through five curriculum and books mm -hmm. were great and resources so I could figure it out. Um, but what it helped me realize was, it, well, it's not about playing the right notes, playing the right rhythms, you know, which it is in, in a lot of music classes. Mm -hmm. And what I enjoyed was realizing, wow, these these kindergartners that really don't know or care about eighth notes and quarter notes and, mm -hmm. you know, A natural, B sharp, or B sharp C, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they just enjoyed music, right? And so it helped me kind of, before I got into the band thing, uh, really broaden my understanding of the importance of music education as music, mm -hmm. not just band, you know? Um, so while it was the worst experience I've had professionally, it it was great because it really opened my eyes before I got into it um, and more broadly understood the importance of having music in the curriculum, regardless of the ensemble or class or whatever. Um, so my first full-time job was uh, was high school. I was an assistant director at a high school in Michigan. Um, and then I heard that the assistantship 
there was a assistantship available at JMU, uh, which the only reason I knew about JMU at the time was because our college band, high, our college band director at Western Michigan came from JMU. Okay. So my senior year at Western Michigan, uh, Bill Peace had graduated from James Madison with his master's and his first college job was at, at Western Michigan. So that was the only reason I would have ever known about JMU. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know. Uh, so he called and said the assistantship was available. And I looked into it and went. Mm-hmm. So I ended up at JMU, did my master's. And, and, and again, at that point, I still, like, high school was my thing. I had no interest in, in college. Okay. Um, and so, but when I got to JMU and I did the assistantship, then I kind of thought, after my two years, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of what I like. I like the mm-hmm. age. I like the level. Um, of course, how can you not like the program at JMU? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, at that point, um, was going to apply for both. I knew I wanted to teach college, but honestly, with just one year of, uh, of, um, you know, teaching, oops, sorry. I thought, well, I need to have more, um, I should have more high school experience. So I applied for both high school and college jobs and got a college job, the university of Montana. And so I took it. And then after a year there, the job here came open and here I am. But, and that's the thing, when you talk about detours, mm-hmm. um, sometimes the detours are intentional and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And I, you know, I always tell students that, um, especially this time of year when they're trying to get jobs and looking mm-hmm. in for grad school and stressing out about getting an, an offer, mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to just let the opportunities that, that come, come to you, come to you. And then you make the decision based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also learned that there's no wrong decision, right? I think mm-hmm. one of the debates we always have professionally is, well, what if this isn't the right job? Like, what if mm-hmm. I take this job and then another one comes open? Well, that's mm-hmm. life. Right. Yeah. So I think what, what we need to focus on is when we say yes, that is the right decision. Right. And then what we have to focus on is making sure that we make that the right decision, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So that's how I ended up at JMU and in, in college, the college level and um, enjoying it. As far as your all the tasks that you juggle, mm-hmm. um, what are some of the things that were like surprising about your job now? Um. Well, and again, back to what we talked about earlier, I think it no one realizes the administrative part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually like the administrative tasks, so it wasn't a shock to me, but it, mm-hmm. it definitely, you know, every once in a while, you miss teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's really, you know, when they say as a teacher, 90% of what you do is preparation for teaching and then 10% is teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with a program of our size, you have to be organized. You have to have good communication. You have to have a good plan. Um, there's a lot of, lot of wheels spinning, you know. Uh, and so I think that's always the biggest challenge: is mm-hmm. how do we, how do we meet the administrative and logistical challenges of the job so that the teaching part is successful and enjoyable. And um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think back to you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk from a, an educator's perspective, um, mm-hmm. and I believe Laura that. Um, regardless of your path in the world, regardless mm-hmm. of your quote unquote career choice, we're all teachers, right? I think a lot of people think, well, I'm going to be a performer, therefore I'm not going to have to teach. Well, that's not true. You're mm-hmm. going to have to do master classes. You're going to have to, you know, make appearances. You're, you're going to be a parent someday, maybe. You're going to, you know, teach uh, at your church and, and, you know, Bible school. I mean, there's so many ways in which we are teachers. If you're not in a teaching profession, you may have to teach your colleagues how to do it, you know, how to do a task. I mean, we're all teachers in, in some capacity. Um, so what I think is important is that we 
we realize that the teaching part of our world only works if we are focused on the person we are teaching, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and not just the subject, because I think that's a common mis misconception and a real big challenge in, in the arts uh, is we are, we are sometimes way too focused on the product, right? Mm -hmm. Where we want to get yeah. and not, not enough invested in the process, which you can't have a good product without a quality process, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know it's just hard. It's hard because we're always thinking about the concert or the art show or the, you know, the musical performance or whatever, um, but we don't get there without focusing truly on, on a quality process of preparing for that. Um, mm -hmm. And as teachers, not only is the process of teaching your students important, but the preparation we have to do to teach, mm -hmm. right? And, and again, you know, when you talk about you know, all the logistics and the, the reservations you have to make and the meetings you have to attend. Um, mm -hmm. All of that is important for focusing on quality education for the person you are teaching. Um, so, yeah, I think we forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah. even for me right now, I have two young piano students and they are very different mm -hmm. <laughs> ages. And I think they expect have different expectations. Um, and it has been hard for me to like teach to the student instead of just like, well, you're supposed to learn the notes. Like, do I not yeah. say anything about the notes? You know, um, right. well, and, and that's that's common as a teacher. It's funny. You know, um, I was just talking to Jenny Ryan, who is a band director in Richmond, um, former JMU student. And we were we were talking about how, um, you know, I never had to teach beginning. Well, I taught one year of beginning band which was really hard for me. And I was, I was petrified to teach beginning band. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think people assume it's so easy because you're just teaching quarter notes and how to, but you have to know everything. You have to know yeah. every instrument. Have, there's so much you have to know. Um, but I, um, I was the worst at teaching tuba. Mm -hmm. Go figure, right? And I yeah. think it's because kind of what you were saying, like it's easy for us as, mm -hmm. as accomplished musicians to play. And mm -hmm. to just kind of, you just, we just know how it's done because we just do it. But mm -hmm. to actually explain to someone mm -hmm. something that we just kind of naturally do, I, it was really funny. And I was really upset at myself. I'm like, why can't I teach tuba? Like, I play yeah. the instrument, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy how that, how that works sometimes. Uh, but that's definitely a challenge. But, you know, take what you have with those two students and multiply that mm -hmm. by 10 or 20 or 100. Mm -hmm. You know, when you are teaching large groups of a variety of levels and abilities, that is a real challenge we face. Um, and in the education system does, you know, do we teach to the, do we teach to the highest level and then we lose the kids that can't get it? Or do we teach mm -hmm. to the lowest level and then the students that do get it get bored? And um, now I think there's a way to, to involve the students in accomplishing both. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it is a, it is a true challenge that we face in, yeah. in the field. That's for sure. Whether we're, again, whether we're teaching two or 200, it's, it's a mm -hmm. challenge. I think in every profession, that you know we're still dealing with logistics and preparation and, and everything we're still dealing with a product of some sort whether it be mm -hmm. a, a manufactured product or a sales goal or you know mm -hmm. it's, it's all related mm -hmm. just we we operate in it in a, maybe in a different way you know mm -hmm. to be honest a lot of my books and, and most people know I, I i read a lot of books on leadership and success but what i've been reading more books about is actually um running a business Mm -hmm. you know, and one would think that I would be reading books about music and, and well, fine, I do. But um, I think sometimes the books about business success is very relatable to 
any organization, right? A student organization, a, a, a um, you know, a band on yeah. uh, class or program, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's funny. I don't realize this until the summer when I get, you know, start getting books out or talking to students about what books to read. But a lot of my books are from CEOs of companies or, mm-hmm. you know, that actually in sports. I've actually started to get a lot of books from coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, so Definitely. it's really interesting. So it doesn't matter what subject you're teaching or working in. Everything is connected in some way. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that interview and felt like it gave a different perspective than the previous um, episodes of the podcast. Speaking of the previous episodes, now that we're all kind of hunkered down in our homes when you're cleaning or organizing or just looking for something to do, I encourage you to listen to previous episodes of the podcast. They are all up on my website, which is laurarupeloboe.weebly.com and on the Detours in Music podcast YouTube page. See you next time.